Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, macabre manor of mead, metal, and mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm James. And uh, while we were, uh, or, yeah, while we were editing our uh, episode on Deep Purple's Machine Head album, um, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we, we realized there were some things that, uh, uh, while related to the album, weren't necessarily, uh, or, or weren't necessary to the episode. Um, yeah, like that hot third cousin that you keep asking the family if it's wrong to have, have dreams about. Yeah, yeah, like that. um uh, but there were pieces of information that we wanted to keep uh or that we felt were worth keeping uh so we decided to put them as a separate episode uh kind of as a miscellany miscellaneous information kind of thing so she was my my second grade teacher really miss laney oh no it was miss carol never mind sorry <laughs> so is this the one you and Thompson were texting about the other day? <laughs> that's, that's the one. <laughs> oh, Miss Carol, you thought you could get married and change to Mrs. Bradley and make me stop dreaming about you. <laughs> you were wrong. I had a few teachers like that. <laughs> and yes, for full disclosure, she's actually the third and fourth grade teacher. But still yeah. <laughs> uh awesome ah well on that note um <laughs> here's uh here's the rest of the deep purple uh machine head episode uh just some miscellaneous stuff like i said not exactly about the album but uh related to it enjoy yeah <laughs> actually since that 25th anniversary edition came out uh, they have been known to perform that song live um, I've actually, I've got a, a box set um, from, I think, back in 2000 that they did. It was a series of concerts they did in Australia and Hong Kong and Japan. Um, and I know When a Blind Man Cries was featured very prominently in the, in the set list during that tour. Because they did like, I think there's like five or six concerts in that box set, full concerts, including two performances of the concerto that they did in Tokyo. And because they were doing the concerto, they didn't do their regular set list. Um, so they did some other stuff, like some solo stuff that Roger Glover and John Lord had recorded. And Ronnie James Dio, since he was a, 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 he was friends with them, he came to Tokyo and actually performed some of those songs that Ian Gillen didn't sing. So there's some of Ronnie on those recordings too. So that's it's a pretty cool little box set. It's called the Soundboard Series, if you can find it. Um, Nice. Yeah. <laughs> on a personal thing, um, I knew Smoke on the Water as a little kid. And as we've talked about in the episode on Kiss's final tour, um, I've been a big Kiss fan pretty much my whole life. And I used to hear Smoke on the Water on the radio, and I loved the song. I didn't know who did it. And my sister's best friend, um, she, had, she has a younger brother, and when we'd go over to, when my sister would take me over to her, with her to her friend's house, um, he had the 45 of Smoke on the Water. And he'd play it for me, and I'd sit there and go, oh, is that Kiss? And he'd go, yeah. Thanks, Danny. Because I kept looking for it on the Kiss 8 tracks that we had, and we didn't have Smoke on the Water. 
But a song that cool, to me, had to be Kiss. It couldn't be anybody else. But um, anyway, I was wrong. It was Deep Purple. Um, so when I started getting into metal, <laughs> it, it, when I was around 12 years old, um, I, I found out that Deep Purple was the band who did Smoke on the Water, and I found out what album it was on. So for Christmas that year, uh, well, the following Christmas, I would have been 13 at that point, um, Machine Head was one of the things I got for Christmas. And uh, to me, this, this is what makes an album great. Um, I get this album for Christmas, and I had wanted it solely because Smoke on the Water was on it. And that was the only Deep Purple song that I knew, or so I thought. I put this album on, and I, you know, I'm like, I, I finally got it. I don't have to listen to Smoke on the Water first. I'll start with side one. I'll start with Highway Star. And at literally every song on this album, as soon as it started, my jaw would drop because I knew all of these songs. I had heard all of these songs on the radio. I didn't realize these all, were all songs by not only the same band, but off of the same album. And it just, it blew me away that I knew all of these songs <laughs> and didn't know it at that point. And I've only had that with one other album, and that was Led Zeppelin's fourth album, the Zoso album. Um, the, the next closest album I got that with was Who's Next by The Who. And that was only off by one song. There was one song on that album. The first time I listened to it, I went, I'd never heard that song as a kid. But that was the advantage of album-oriented rock in the 70s. We, the way that FM radio had developed, you would have DJs who would pull the best song off the album. They wouldn't play the hit singles. That's what AM radio was doing. That's what Top 40 radio was doing. On, on rock stations on the FM band, DJs would, yeah, you know, that track three on this album is pretty good. And they'd play that even though it had never been released as a single. That's why Stairway to Heaven got so much airplay. That's why Cashmere gets airplay. Cashmere is an eight minute long song. That's not going to get airplay as a single. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Lazy off of, off of this album is like seven and a half, eight minutes long it's in itself. And yet it was getting airplay back in the 70s. So, uh, you know, to me, that's the mark of what makes a great album. And in, in my own personal opinion, and, and it is, it's just my opinion, Machine Head and the fourth Led Zeppelin album, greatest rock albums ever. You say what you want about the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's, White Album, whatever. I never heard most of those songs from those albums on the radio until I bought those albums. But these two albums, Deep Purple's Machine Head and the fourth Led Zeppelin album, every song, I knew every song. And same reaction. Jaw just dropped as soon as I would hear the beginning of each song because I was like, oh my God, I know this song. This is so cool. <laughs> ooh, ooh, and this one. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was it, you know. So, yeah, so that's part of the reason why we spent so much time just on this album. <laughs> <laughs> and went so much into the recording of it and just because it's a cool story of how they recorded it you know i mean the the the, the hotel or the casino burned down and shit <laughs> now what are we gonna do you know and they they convert this hotel that's closed for the season into a recording studio space with the rolling stones mobile and 
you know, come out with one of the greatest rock albums of all time. You get songs like Smoke on the Water. One of the few songs Black Sabbath would play live. That's a cover. That's not one of their own. Uh, of course, you know, it's because Ian Gillen was, was, was in Black Sabbath. Sabbath. <laughs> yes. I, you know, and, and when we get around to doing Sabbath, I will let people hear that because Sabbath has officially released that. Um, so I'll, I'll maybe put a little sample of that. The, I, I will say this, though. When, when uh, the recording that Sabbath has released of them playing that live, that, well, that the, Tony Iommi has released of Sabbath playing that live with Ian Gillen. Um, I'm trying to remember where they recorded that. It was an outdoor venue. Um, Tony launches into that riff. And it was, I guess it was an encore. So they, they released it as, as a part of the special edition for the, for the uh, Born Again album. And so it was like the last song on the CD. So you got all these other songs, but you know, Ian Gillen singing Paranoid and uh, War, War Pigs and, and Iron Man. And he sounds great singing the Aussie stuff. He sounds better than Ronnie James Dio did singing the Aussie stuff. That was, I did not care for the way Dio sang Aussie stuff. Not that he did it bad. It was just the way he did it. Um, I just prefer the way Aussie did it. But Ian Gillen did a really good job. So you got, you know, all the crowd and everything. And then... Tony breaks into that riff for Smoke on the Water and the audience just erupts. I mean, the louder than they had been in the rest of the recording. And great. Thanks. Thanks jerks. And, you came to see us. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but that's the thing though, because, well, and I, well, I, I should say probably because I think Paranoid is actually the last song on the, on the album. So it comes after Smoke on the Water and they they get just as loud during paranoid so it's it's, Man, it's it happens. Thing. yeah it happens to other bands too when i've been yeah. to concerts they'll play a, a cover song that i was not expecting i'm like oh my god that's kick ass yeah i mean uh, black sabbath you might be expecting them to play smoke on the water when ian gillen's there but yeah still it is neat but the the audience was singing along and the audience usually sings along with this song. Anyway, if you listen to any of the deep purple live recordings of it, the audience will usually sing along, but the audience was almost as loud as Ian Gillen singing through the microphone through the PA. <laughs> <laughs> and they did the same thing on paranoid too. So those two songs together, the audience was extremely loud, but yeah. You, you hear Sabbath, you, you hear Tony drop into that riff and the audience just went nuts. It just, <laughs> it was awesome nice. to hear. Yay! Sounds stupid, they're 
So what? We still have a, after this one, we still have another bit of Mark II, don't we? We do. Uh, we got a, another studio album and a live album to do for Mark II. And uh, after that, we'll get into the uh, Mark III lineup where um, <laughs> a little bit of foreshadowing. We'll start talking dun, dun, dun. about the drink. Drink. Ooh, oh, is foreshadowing a new drink word? Okay, drink. Yes. Uh, I don't remember what I'm drinking, but it's beer, so that's good. Um, <laughs> I, I, the cans in the kitchen, I really don't remember. It was something I hadn't tried, and I was like, oh, I think I'll try that. Anyway. Um, it's not a very nice thing to call your wife. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, I'm not married. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and then, then we'll, um, so then we'll get into the Mark III lineup, which is where we start talking about um, what I like to call six degrees of deep black purple Sabbath. So you changed it. <laughs> yeah, I think I like this. I, I like this name of it better. <laughs> Doesn't quite roll off the tongue, but it is more informative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and this is this is the game where where you uh, you basically you name a band from specifically the seventies and eighties, uh, and you see how uh, how many band members it takes to get back to either Deep Purple or Black Sabbath or both Deep Purple and Black Sabbath. <laughs> I shall of course be researching this to come up with a few stumpers. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. Now, do they have to, and here's the question, is it just that they have intermingled? Did they have to play at the same concert sometime? Did they actually have to be in a band somehow within seven degrees with somebody? I, I, I tend to say they have to have been in the same band with somebody. Okay. Yeah, because otherwise it's just a guest appearance. Or, you know, either on stage or in the recording studio. It's just a guest appearance if, if you don't specify that they had to be in the same band with somebody. Like, so if I say Robert Plant, you can't say, well, he talked to Geezer Butler about joining the band. No. But you can say, oh, let's see, Robert Plant. <laughs> Robert Plant to Jimmy Page to David Coverdale. Um, let's see. Oh, um, what? David Coverdale to Tommy Aldridge to Ozzy Osbourne to Black Sabbath. Well, can't you do David Coverdale of Deep Purple? You can. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to get him to Sabbath, but yeah, David Coverdale of Deep Purple. I mean, there's an even faster one, but see, you can do both bands. <laughs> I know. See, that's, that's that's where it's going to be hard for me to find a stumper. Yes. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't even do the sweet. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> and and you, and you might think, you might think that like the Rolling Stones would be safe, but they're not. <laughs> because. Oh, um, Ron Wood, Rolling Stones. Uh, was with Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart. Uh, Rod Stewart had 
uh, God, I cannot think of the guy. Uh, Carmine Apice as his drummer with Ron Wood at the same time. They were both in the band, Rod Stewart's band at the same time. Um, Carmine was in Ozzy's band. And there, I mean, you know, there you go. <laughs> Sabbath. And there's Sabbath. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, but you say it has to be a 70s or 80s band. Well, it, it mostly it would be a 70s or 80s band. Okay. Um, because it wouldn't be fair to start doing like freaking true Norwegian black metal from 95. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, it would. Yeah, no, that wouldn't work. But Or, you know, some of the bands we talked about from the 50s in the Distortion episode. So, no, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, there I mean, are. But, m- m- yeah. <laughs> Mostly it's going to be the bands that were big in the 70s and 80s. And your mom. And your mom, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people were in your mom. Um, <laughs> My dad and Jesus. <laughs> uh, the Holy Spirit. Which, with the seven degrees, is the same as Jesus with one degree. Zero <laughs> degrees, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my, my English strong hell's starting to kick my ass. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I can tell you what beer I'm having. I can tell you what beer I'm having. I am having, I am having a... Victory Brewing Company Golden Monkey. Oh, I've had that. Yeah, it's not bad. Kind of a triple. Yeah, triple yeah, that, I, I think I so. Think. I know it's like a kind of a strong Belgian, and if it's yeah. it is golden, so yeah, yeah, probably mm-hmm. triple. Yeah, I'm having a Sun King Shyla. It's a, just a strong ale, so oh. kind of like a barley wine. Cool. Mm, Sun King. Victory. Victory has some other good ones. I like their Hop Devil. I've seen that one. I don't think uh, I may have because I, I did a mix pack at the store and I may have grabbed one of those. I think I grabbed a couple. Or is, wait, is the Hop Devil is the Hop Devil an IPA? Yes. Then I may not have picked it up. <laughs> just because I'm trying to, I'm just trying to stay away from IPAs right now because it seems like that's what everybody's doing. Yeah, I, I, some of the indie breweries are trying to lean a different way, like a deep, uh, deep, 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 uh, too deep. Um, I, I knew deep was in the word. We're talking about deep purple. <laughs> that screwed me up. <laughs> um, too deep is a malt forward brewery. So they do a lot of nice, really, mal- they do have some uh, bitter, some IPAs and stuff, but they do some really nice malty beers too. Okay. And like the one I always talk about, Centerpoint, they have quite a range. So they do have some IPAs. But they, they also just have some nice dark stuff. They do some good Belgian, so yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think it depends on where you go. Triton, uh, a really good one in Indy. They they have a lot of pale ales, but a lot of sours too. Cool. So anyway, that was Deep Purple Miscellany from the Machine Head album, and hopefully you enjoyed the extra contextual <laughs> contexts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Contextual context. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eat it, flaw. Just <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, that that means you have to take two drinks. Woohoo! Two drinks. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh shit! This is bourbon tonight too. Fuck. <laughs> oh, well. uh, I, I already stopped with the triple sex, so I'm I'm done. <laughs>
I'm done for the night. <laughs> oh, yeah, so we should sign off on okay, that. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> we, pro- we probably should. <laughs> and I'm James. <laughs> later. And we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Bye. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Um, And as such, kind of flopped, uh, but possibly because the album itself was selling like hotcakes when it came out. I've always wondered about that term. Did hotcakes sell really well? I don't know. Just curious. I don't know, I'm not really sure where that term comes from. So like hotcakes just means that it's they, they sell very quickly because you can produce them fairly fast, but people want them even quicker. Huh. And uh, and maybe because of American fairs and festivals, uh, hotcakes, or another word for our pancakes, were yeah. very popular. That's, that's kind of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kick-ass album. Yes. Woo, purple. <laughs> doesn't have quite the ring as uh sabbath does it <laughs> no no but uh, anyway yeah